Welcome to the Kiss My Crown podcast. Now, this is the place for women who want to have it all and then some. This is about mindset. This is about manifestation and everything in between. My job here is to empower you to become the queen of your world, just like you deserve to be. I'm your host, Natasha Mundy. Welcome to this week's episode of the Kiss My Crown podcast. I am your host, Natasha Mundy, and I just want to thank you for tuning in once again for another episode of the Kiss My Crown podcast, or if this is your first time here, then welcome. I hope that everybody is traveling along nicely in their life at the moment. There has been a few things, you know, universe-wise that is going on, it's been some pretty hectic energy, if I don't say so myself, and navigating so much of that, that it is just a little cray-cray. So the Kiss My Crown world, there's not too much going on in there at the moment. You know, Self Love Club runs as always, you know, which which I love. But at the moment, what it's more been about for me is just like an own personal journey of a lot of things that are going on. For me at the moment, as I've said, I've been on a big, huge spiritual awakening, but there's just, there's so many parts to that journey and so many different things that I go through on that journey as well. That, um, you know, a lot of it is about that is a journey of self and it's, it's beautiful. It's messy. It's everything in between. And, you know, and at the moment it's just a period of needing to navigate that and being a little bit, I guess, internal with that and some of the things that are, you know, going on with that. So today's episode, what I wanted to talk about, I guess it's a little bit about that journey, but what I actually really want to talk to you about is mental health today. Now I will give a disclaimer here. I am, of course, I am not a mental health practitioner. So if you do suffer from mental health issues, please go seek the correct help that you need. I am just talking about my experience and my story. Uh, And I understand that it is different for everybody out there uh, who suffers from this sort of stuff. So, yeah, I just I just wanted to make that very clear because I'm going to get a little vulnerable today and I'm going to I'm going to share my story when it comes to the battle that I've had with mental health. And the reason why I want to share my story today is because you know, I think sometimes like from a coaching perspective, you know, sometimes I think that I need to have it all together, you know, and I think that we all feel like that, that we're meant to, you know, and we see other people online and like, wow, they've really got their shit together. Like, you know, especially when you're on a, like a spiritual, you know, path and, and a coaching path and things like that. It's like, you think that you're meant to have it all figured out, but you know, mental health as, you know, as I learn as much as I can have it all figured out it also has a mind of its own. And as much as, you know, personally, I can try and run from it, hide it or not um, live up to the label, as you know, I said in a couple of episodes back, it still doesn't mean it's not there. It still doesn't mean that I have periods of time where shit gets fucking hard, right? And and that's what I want to, I want to share, because I think that even in this day and age, as much as we are so much more use the term quote unquote woke, we still don't share our stories enough. And it's almost like uh, there has to be a certain way 
for mental health to be spoken about like and and you know unfortunately that's a bit of a thing with woke culture like and I'm not here like I'm here for expansion I'm here for enlightenment and I'm here to break down the status quo but I think that unfortunately you know when things things can get so out of hand sometimes and I think that's sort of (laughs) what woke culture is and it's just and and woke culture is just like another form of societal condition where we still think there's only one way that things can be and there can be only one way for female expression there can only be one way for cultural acceptance or you know gay rights or you know we think you know and same with mental health that there can be one way to do it and it's so much more than that and that's what I want to talk about today as well because you know everybody's anyone out there who suffers from mental health issues and whether this is you know things from depression to anxiety to bipolar to all the other different sort of labels that come under the rainbow now is that journey for the individual is exactly that it is unique and it is individual so yes you may have some symptoms that are similar to other people etc etc but it is your journey and your journey alone and and I think that that's something that's really hard to grasp as a society because we want to categorize people and fit them into a little box um you know so it's like oh you've got bipolar disorder so this is you oh you have anxiety so this is you you know like we are so quick even within as I said within this word culture to fit people in to that little um status quo or that little box that just labels them up so we can perfectly describe who they are and that is just not the reality because you know you are not your symptoms you can have different symptoms you can you know you you experience this if you go through this you experience it in your own way and I think that's really important that that's what we talk about today so let's talk like you know like I'm very anti-labels I really try to distinguish not being my label and I'll explain that as well so from a very young age I was diagnosed with having really bad depression and then then it was a mood disorder and then along the lines it turned into bipolar type 2 you know through diagnosis you know and, and this is the thing like with diagnosis is right is that what you could be diagnosed with 20 years ago might actually be something different now because there's so many more you know when you look at the mental health scope so when I was first getting treated for mental health it was you know, still very black and white. I mean, we just come out of the phase of calling bipolar manic depression. And it's funny because for me, I feel like I relate to manic depression more than I did with bipolar because as much as um, I do and I can have manic episodes is that for me, for the most part, it was depressive episodes and that I spent the good part of my life like that. So for me, I think I was formally diagnosed when I was probably about 19, 20 years old. But I had clearly been suffering from this from definitely from 14. There was definitely a catalyst in my life that, you know, that made this all happen, (laughs) not made it all happen. Like obviously, you know, I don't know, is it the way that I'm hardwired? I don't, you know, I don't know. Like, and I just... Like, it just it is what it is, right? <laughs> and, um, but at the age of, like, 14, 15, I was at the point where I had my first ever boyfriend 
and like a first, you know, like that sort of first love, right? And that first serious sort of relationship, not like, yeah, I don't know. That first, that first one, we all know, we've all had a first love, right? We've, we've been there, whether you're younger or older, but not like it was the first sort of proper relationship, still in school, obviously, like little high school sweethearts. Um, but yeah, so I had this relationship and, and I had this love and I, and I lost it and sorry, it still gets, it's been, you know, this year come the end of May, it would have been 26 years since this happened and it still affects me to this day and he was in a car accident he made some stupid choices and he was in a car accident and he lost his life three days before his 17th birthday and that for me was the catalyst of so much of my life it really set the tone oh I'm sorry I didn't expect to get emotional actually talking about this today. In fact, I didn't, I just knew this is what I was going to talk about was mental health. And, and, and now here we are. Um, it really set the tone and the cattle, like it was a catalyst and it set the tone for so much of my life. And, you know, I was, you know, what, 15 years old. And I just, I did not have the tools I did not have the support. I did not have the knowledge of how to handle. I mean, how do you prepare somebody for that? I guess this is a question, you know, like how, how do you prepare a child for that? And yeah, like it just, I didn't have the tools in my tool belt to be able to, to deal with this. And so it really set the tone for the rest of my life. And I didn't know how to deal with that grief. I didn't know how to deal with the loss of love. Um, it was, you know, it, if you're a young person, you experience another young person die. It is just overwhelming because I think at that age you know at that age you're not thinking about that you're not thinking about you think you're invincible right you you really do especially you know a teenage boy with a car thinks they're invincible and you just you haven't learnt that fear yet you haven't learnt that loss you still it's still so innocent and so when that happens it just is heartbreaking And pretty much from there, it did send me into this really dark and deep depression that I didn't know how to deal with that loss. I didn't know how to, um, yeah, I didn't know how to process it. And I didn't know how to to deal with it. And it instilled a lot of fear for me as well. Um, And I'll be honest there, like I thought, and, and you probably heard me say, I've said a couple of episodes ago as well, that... I thought, like I ended up, you know, obviously after that I became quite suicidal because I just didn't want to be here and 
I had a bit of a death wish and I was making, you know, as I got older, especially in my later teens to my 20s, I was making some really poor choices, um, reckless choices. Be and But it really set me up in a mind frame as well. Like I can, Somehow I convinced myself that I was also going to be dead at 17 because that's what I had seen. And I don't know, I sort of lived that way. I lived that sort of almost like carefreeness to extreme because I'm like, oh, well, I'm here, you know, only the good die young, right? Like that sort of mentality. And then when I lived to 17, then I thought I would probably die at 21. I just didn't see that future for myself. And then, of course, from there, you know, life got a bit hectic as well. I think when I was 17 years old, my parents had a very nasty breakup, divorce. And that was, you know, challenging in itself. And, and from there, I started going through some things that just most people who never could never comprehend could never picture going through in their lives and some of which and you know like and I share a lot of things but some of which I'm not going to share because they're also as much as they're part of my story they're also someone else's story and I respect that you know they may not want that part of their life shared so I definitely really respect that but it just it was tough. It was really, really tough. And I saw some things that a child or a teenager or a young adult should never have to see or never have to be a part of. And so it's, this whole thing sort of set a catalyst for a lot of struggle in my life. And, you know, when, and so I pretty much spent from the ages of probably about 15 to about 19 before the diagnosis, just pretty off the rails didn't go to school I dropped out of school I you know started taking drugs I was drinking you know drinking and and doing all you know I was doing obviously nothing to help myself either um, but on top of that being like a very emotional hormone driven teenager <laughs> you know it was just a bit of a crazy time and you know, and then when I got that diagnosis, I sort of felt like, oh, this sort of explains everything. And then as I got a little bit older and the diagnosis turned to bipolar and I started, because because then what happened is I started having those manic episodes where I would get, you know, really high and on top of the world and, you know, and then come crashing down. Now, it was always bipolar type two because I wasn't that extreme, but it was just, it was full on and... It just, it was just a cycle that was just really, really hard to deal with. 2015 was a pretty big moment in my life as well. So 2015, you know, like in top of all this, you know, keep it in mind, like I would say that I was high functioning at everything that I did because I was still able to hold down careers and jobs and make money. Um, I was, you know, during all of this, I've, you know, gotten married had a child been a mum like there were you know and I've achieved so much in my life despite all of this like it just yeah but there was a big time of it like and this is why I'm so anti-labels as well because you know there was a good time in my 20s you know probably 20 through to you know 30 even where I just if not a little bit longer where I just really lived up to those like I'm like well this is who I am you know and I really lived up to the label of having bipolar type 2 and just really succumbed to it and just been like well it's just who I am and it was always an excuse at times um, for different behavior and, and things like that as well 
But 2015 was a bit of a catalyst where I was put in a position by somebody who was a psychiatrist or at least in their final years of being studying to be a psychiatrist who mentally manipulated and gaslighted me into this I don't know it was just it was awful it was just when I look back at it now it's like my god you were mind fucked so fucking hard like it was just it was not good and this is by somebody who was meant to be in this sort of profession as well and someone who I thought was a friend at the time but in reality she had her own issues and she should have never been in the business um and (laughs) if she graduated and she is practicing in the business fuck me I feel sorry for anyone out there but it caused me then to have like my sort of final, final breakdown. And I say the word final breakdown because that was the point, you know, I'd, I'd suffered from so many highs and lows and it was always up the high and then break, you know, like hitting rock bottom and back up again or rock bottom and back up. Like there was no stability, right? Um, you know, I would like to say since 2015, I've started to be able to get some of that sort of stability in my life and, And one of those things that I contribute to that is something, you know, with wrestling, that wrestling saved my life and it saved my life many times, not just once, but I could definitely go into that in a second as well. But at 2015, I realized that there was this, there was something that I had to do, you know, where I had to do something to work on my own mindset because I just couldn't keep doing this anymore. And you know, I could be on all the medication and I could have all the labels and I could see the psychologist and the psychiatrist and all that sort of stuff, but nothing was going to change unless I was ready to change. And it was that moment that I was ready to make changes in my own life. And, you know, and I did, and I did, and it was a long journey, you know, and, I, and I've spoken about that journey of starting with gratitude and all that sort of stuff, you know, and I've documented that journey in this podcast, so you can always go back and find those sort of um episodes there but what I found is once I started doing that work is that I was able to get on so much more of an even kill where I was able to not have so much of the highs and the lows and when we you know when I look back at it too you know like in you know and I got to a point like and I've I've managed to get to a point where I've been able to get to medication free as well of not having to rely on you know, antidepressants and stuff like that. I definitely, I'll be honest, like I really struggled during pregnancy with what I call as, you know, prenatal depression. Everyone told me I was going to have postnatal depression, but I didn't, I had prenatal depression because those hormones, something about those hormones and then the chemistry or the wiring in my brain just really triggered me really bad that I had probably some of the worst depression in my life when I was pregnant. But the moment that I gave birth to that beautiful boy, is you know when and this is when everyone told me I would have postnatal depression is that those feelings left me straight away and I was just in this much much better place um you know and as I said you know and I managed to get myself to be at a place where I don't where I've been medication free and I have been for so many years now you know like I, I don't know at least five years I would say and what's I guess surprises me with all of this is that I've had probably a really good I don't know, three, four years maybe without feeling any, like where I've just been at this sort of even kill where there hasn't been too many of the highs and the lows. But what I've noticed lately, and I think this is why it's come as a surprise to me, is 
that I'm finding myself now, you know, back in one of those episodes. And I think, you know, because I haven't really had that since I've been doing all my work and then, you know, like, you know, at least, as I said, like at least in the last five years that, you know, it it can be a bit of pill to swallow and it can be hard to accept. And that's why I said like living up to labels, but sometimes like it's also accepting that part of you and just dealing with it as well. And, you know, it took me two days. It's funny. It really took me two days to work out what the fuck was going on with me. And like, I was just crying for no reason. I don't know. I was feeling all insecure all of a sudden, which is just not who I am. Um, I feel, you know, I can use words like empty and alone and that I don't have anything or anything to look forward to. I wasn't doing anything other than going to my dancing. Like I'd stopped doing all those things that I love, you know, which is obviously a huge red flag when you're, um, you know, with depression, like that's always one of the symptoms is that you stop doing the things that you love. Um, and, and just feeling... I don't know, I get this feeling of sometimes where I just don't belong and it's just like, and it's darkness. And it really took me two days to process like, what the fuck is going on here for me to feel this way? Because, you know, on paper I have I have it all, you know, like and I have everything that I could ever dream of and I have, you know, like, and I've manifested all this fucking stuff that I've just wanted and the life that I've desperately wanted for so long and I've worked so hard to get it. So, you know, on paper, I'm like, I should be fucking happy, (laughs) you know. And then when you're not and you can't understand why, it's really difficult. So, you know, like, it was like, uh uh-huh, okay, this is what's going on here. I, I've been here before. I know these symptoms. I know these feelings. I know this about myself. So here we go. <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, so what have I done though? You know, like, so since that, you know, as I said, that's just been a couple of days. So the very first thing that I did, and, and I do things a lot different. Like I've already noticed, like I do things so much differently. So before, when I would go through this stuff, I'd go through it really internally and really privately. And I'd really withdraw into myself. And I would sort of cease communications or just barely communicate with people. Um, but, you know, you do, you know, and what I find though is that sometimes you can still put that happy face online, you know, like oh, people, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. You know, and just sort of pretending everything is okay. Um, and I just knew that I just need to do things differently this time you know I guess was am I upset that I feel like man I've worked so hard not to be here that I feel like I'm back here um yeah it's disappointing right like it's just and it's a little bit I guess heartbreaking but it's also okay and I think that's the big thing realizing like it is okay and this is a part of my journey and you know and I feel so called and so driven to share my journey because you know, I think it could just show if somebody like me who has suffered from mental health for her whole and fucking entire life and has felt like life has been a struggle or a battle can like overcome this sort of stuff and to have a life worth living is that hopefully that it could show somebody else that as well. 
um, that you can still have a full and beautiful life. You can still have all the things that you want and you can have the career and you can have this and you can have that or whatever it is that you want, that this doesn't have to stop you from doing that. And I think that's what's really important to share this journey. But as I said, I was doing things, I'm doing things a bit differently this time. So the first things that I've gone and done is, well, I mean, here, I'm talking to you guys about it, which I would never do in the past, right? Um, and then from there, what I'm also doing is, the first thing I did is I told my husband, I said, hey, I'm having some mental health stuff right now, just so you know, you know, like this is what's going on and, and to verbalize and communicate, that is so fucking big. And if you've suffered from anything like this, you know, that's a big deal. Then I've told a very few people in my, my inner circle, so some very close friends. And I was like, hey, this is what's going on right now. And I think that I was so pleasantly surprised because their reaction was everything. You know, both of the friends that I told were, okay, no worries. What do you need from me? How can I help? What have you got in place? What do you need from me? How are we going to get through this? All right, talk to me. I'm here anytime you need it. You know, like they really came to the motherfucking party. You know what I mean? Like this is when I'm talking about having your tribe because I didn't always have that. And the fact that I could open up to these women and they're just in it there with me. You know, like they just, you know, it, it's like being on the, you know, when you break down and you're on the floor and you're crying in the corner and it was just with those words and their actions straight away. It was like they just came down and sat next to me. They don't want to fix me. They don't want to, you know, it's going to be okay. Like they didn't do any of that bullshit. They got down in the dirt with me and they just sat there next to me, metaphorically speaking, of course, and said, we got this. We're going to get through this. And if you have anyone, so if you don't suffer in your life from this sort of stuff, but you have somebody in your life that you can, sit down in the mud with them. When they are down on the floor, get down there with them and say, okay, I'm here. What do you need? How can I help? And even if it's just, you know, even if they don't need anything and they just need you to know, then that is enough. That is absolutely enough. I can't stress that enough because, you know, like for me personally, if I can, I want to navigate through this, this part without medication and just get out on the other side and just do the things that I know that I need to do. And, you know, I'm talking to people as well, you know, part of the reason is, I guess now, because I, you know, my business is run from home and stuff like that. And I don't have that going out or that social activity. And I am a little bit, I'm one of those extroverted introverts or an introverted extrovert however you want to look at it is that I do still need social time and you know I think by you know working from home and running a business from home if I'm cutting myself off to that a little bit and you know so you know at the moment I'm sort of forcing myself to go out a little bit now you know like I'm going out tonight just because I need to get out of the house and I need to have that you know, social aspect back in my life, you know, like, and this is, it's funny because I know that 
you know, for me, what I'll be doing is relying so much on that framework and that foundation of the five rules of self-love. So I know right now I definitely need to be making myself a priority and filling my cup first. I know that I need to be doing more of what I love and less of what I don't. So now I'm really going to dive into making sure that I'm filling my my life and my time to find that joy, to do those things that I really love. And I need that more than ever. And that needs to be a priority that, you know, over all else. I also know that I need to set boundaries, you know, like about what I can tolerate and what I can't. And, you know, and that's going to be, you know, you know, maybe, you know, at the moment, like I said, I'm not, there's, I'm not doing as much for my business right now, but that's because that's what I need. And that's a boundary that I need to set because this needs to be a priority to help myself, you know, and it's the same with enlisting that entourage, you know, I've already done it. Like, Hey guys, this is where I'm at, you know, and I've know that I've got that level of support. I know that my loved ones know what's going on. And, you know, and I know that they're going to be keeping an eye on me as well, which is just amazing. And they don't judge me. They just sit down in the mud with me. And that's so fucking powerful. And then, you know, and then I'm going to look at embodiment too, because I want to look at that version of myself who, who gets through this, you know, and really embody her. So, you know, like that framework, and it's funny with this framework too, because, you know, people sometimes can think like, oh yeah, cool, that framework. But I've got a friend at the moment who's in her own therapy, right? And a lot of their therapy is based around those rules. And she's like, oh my God, we're doing this. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. Like, where do you think, like this shit is not just something that I made up. This is like a practical framework that literally has saved my life over and over and over again. And now I'm going to rely back on that framework to get me through this next part of my life. You know, like... I don't know, I'm so lucky, like, and I realize my privilege of being able to talk about this, I realize my privilege of having those tools in my toolbox of being able to sort of help myself, but obviously I'm also not above, if if things get really bad and I can't navigate out of it, then I'm also not above going back to the doctors and getting on medication as I need it, you know, and, and doing those other sort of things as well, because I'm not here to advocate and go, oh no, you should be medication free, no, that's what works for me. And as I said at the beginning of this, these journeys are so individual and I realize that there are people out there who could never be without medication and that is a-okay, right? I was just fortunate enough that I was able to. But, you know, the reality is, is that we just need to do what it is that we need to do for ourselves. So if that means that we need to be medicated, then so fucking be it, we be medicated, if it means that we don't have to be and we've got other alternative ways of being able to help ourselves, then fucking so be it. Amazing. But, you know, the whole thing of this life is about thriving, not surviving. I've done that. I've done that shit. I've done the surviving. Now it's thriving. And, you know, and I do that in a way that I see fit for myself. You know, not bound by anybody else's rules or anyone else's expectations or them trying to put me in this little box because it makes them feel better of the bipolar girl. Mm -mm. No, I do this my way. And I, you know, and this is the same. You guys need to do this stuff your way too. All right, my lovelies. Thank you so much for letting me share my story with you today. And if there is anybody else, obviously, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. All right, so if you're going through some mental health stuff, please go and seek some help. Um, There are so many resources and availabilities out there. 
as I said, I am not a medical practitioner. Um, so please, you know, you know, what works for me may not work for you. Uh, so just remember that, but you know, as I said, it's about sharing stories because I don't want anybody, especially anybody who goes through this sort of stuff to feel alone because you're not alone. We're all in it together. All right. And you know, I want you to be an army of bad bitches, but sometimes, sometimes we're sad bitches and that's okay as well. All right. I love you. Thank you. And just be there for one another. All right. Thank you so much for supporting the Kiss My Crown podcast. Now, if you want to keep in touch or up to date with all things Queen Creations, make sure you head over to the website of www.queencreationsdesign.com. It is your one-stop shop for everything to do with Queen Creations.